and welcome back to the Let's Get Real podcast. On today's episode, we have Xander Colibert, who is my coach from JLX Coaching. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you very much. It's so nice to have you here and just to like be able to talk through a whole bunch of stuff that I know we've spoken about, about in terms of myself, but yeah, it'll be good to share all the, all the knowledge. Absolutely. Um, I'm very grateful for you guys for having me on. So thank you very much. Uh, let's appreciate the uh, the offer and very much looking forward to see what you've uh, <laughs> what you've got to ask me. Hopefully it's something <laughs> nice, but we'll soon see. Thank you for coming on. Do you want to explain a bit about who you are, what you do? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, I'll try and keep it short. Um, so obviously, as Grace has said, I'm, I'm an online coach. Um, I've been coaching for about eight years now. So I did my undergrad at the University of Exeter doing sport and exercise science. I had a semi-professional professional rugby career before that, which is actually how I ended up at university in the first place um, because I ruptured my knee in about every which way possible. Um, so it wasn't like a planned route into coaching, um, but it was where I ended up thanks to the rehab and so on. So I'm really happy it led me down that road. Uh, while I was at university, I obviously did my like PTE um, qualifications and then I kind of went from there. So I did a couple of level fours and things like um, diabetes and obesity and also uh, like a GP referral course, uh, which is actually really good. I recommend if anybody is thinking about doing them, do them. They're really good. Yeah, I did that um, one. It's, they're fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, um, it's really, really interesting. It's, um, it's one of those things as well, I think, which gives you a more... I think rounded appreciation for what other people struggle with outside of our age group, which I think can be quite beneficial when you're like in the gym and there's like someone doing an exercise, you're like, can you please hurry up? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then you realize actually they're here probably for their health, which is far more important than the reason that I'm here. Exactly. Um, But yeah, I think the whole crux of this, I guess, is while I was at university, I was always fascinated with the difference between men and women. Um, but as undergrads, they never let us really look into those things because they're so complex. So they would always say things like, you know, you can't account for menstrual cycles and you can't then level that up against things. It's more of like a, a postdoc. And I always got really annoyed about that because I always thought, well, hang on a minute, like this is fascinating. Why don't we look at these differences? Um, and that's really how I started coaching women. So I then started PTing um, at the university where naturally a lot more um, women inquire about PTing. Um, and that obviously aligned really nicely with my interests in how the female body worked, all the nuances that come alongside that in terms of menstrual cycles, difficulties in terms of like, at that point in my career, I was far more aware of females having issues with eating and kind of body dysmorphia and body related kind of um, psychological difficulties than I was males, um, other than myself. So I then found that really interesting. And to be honest, it was, you know, the rest is history. I kind of PT'd then for three, four years, got into online coaching and now we're here. (laughs) Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And I think that's definitely when I was looking for a coach um, quite a while ago, I was looking at lots of different people. And that's one of the things that I loved about you is that you really do realize that females and males, they are different. And you also have a very good way of like looking into mindset as well as just not being like okay it's just all about your training and your eating you realize there's other things that come into play in terms of like getting to a result and progress and things like that which I loved yeah it's, it's really it's really important I think the I think the crux of that situation is more that 
anybody can write a gym program like i'm not insulting anyone but like if gym <laughs> programs were it <laughs> like you would just go on google right and you would type exactly. in gym program but like i'm guessing we've all been there right we've we've all gone on google got a workout plan done it for like a week and been like is this is this working like does my butt look any bigger and you're like, <laughs> mm, i don't know um but in reality like what you actually need is someone to put an arm around you at some times and just be like hey everything's cool just keep going like you're fine and yeah. other times you need someone to kind of poke you with a stick and be like hey what are you doing like you told me this is what you wanted to do you've gone down the complete opposite like where are we aligning here and that's where i think the mindset of this comes in is like not yeah. in the in the gym or necessarily in eating although of course it is it's tying those two things together and being able to produce a result and when you do yeah. that people get results much quicker um Definitely. so then you kind of save them pain and i don't know it seems to work a lot better Exactly. And I do feel slightly personally attacked by what you've just said in the terms that occasionally I don't really listen to you. For example, a 90 kilogram squat. <laughs> that, was, that was probably my fault. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I felt strong that day. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. It was my fault. Don't blame Grace. <laughs> this is one of those this is one of those things like people write to me sometimes like oh, I really appreciate your honesty on social media and this is one of those times where I have to admit there was not a lot of honesty for me because I think I wrote something funny but at the time I opened up my phone I was like you're you fuming have got to be fucking kidding me you've got to be kidding me we have started this peak two weeks ago we have got three weeks to go and you put it on her story <laughs> yeah and I just thought like part of my brain was like I really appreciate the honesty with this but the other part of me was like for fuck's sake come on like we could be hitting 100 kilos at the end of this block but we're not going because you keep faffing around with 90 kilos what? <laughs> yeah i think in my mind i'm like i'm absolutely certain she'll squat 100 kilos <laughs> if you follow the program and then when this thing comes up on my my phone it's like crease has tagged you in a story oh i'm like sweet maybe like this session's gone really well can't wait to have a look open my phone oh sorry zana just max that and I'm like throwing my phone like oh, I'm done with this. The social media can take a break for the day. <laughs> I know. I literally said to Claudia at the time, I was like, Zan is going to be so pissed off with me. But I, I was think like, it's because I was going heavy. You're like, I want to go heavy too. I know. I was feeling really good that session. I just felt like I could do it. And I was like, I'm sorry. Let's not do a leg day again. So just to qualify, <laughs> you knew the response you were going to get. I know. Thought, I know. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> good God. This I know, is actually... Don't you just yeah sorry what sorry. you're saying <laughs> this is actually one of the funniest things um we've just started our like our latest group coaching chat has just kicked mm. off again and um i was giving one of them some grief yesterday and it turned into a full-blown mutiny like <laughs> i nearly got kicked off my own chat and um amy one of the girls was like this is what you get for empowering women i was like yeah i'm starting to regret that <laughs> <laughs> this is so, so true and also this is what you get for coaching other coaches yeah yeah <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> yeah it's fine I, yeah do you know what like you didn't get to squat 100 kilos in the end that's, that's exactly I, I learned the hard way but i'm soon. actually personally bitter about this because i absolutely convinced you could have done it so part of me was like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> do you know what sue we're working back soon. towards it very yeah. soon she's got it she definitely has got it the 100 kg yeah. squat will be with us soon <laughs> yeah so what i've just learned then is when i go on instagram and i'm just kind of catching up with everyone if i see you two in the gym together i need to send you a message just to yeah. remind you not to follow to the training program exactly yeah. <laughs> send you some expletives yeah exactly <laughs> clear notes 
remember <laughs> this is your program for the day nothing else i know i know uh, we can always <laughs> i'll get back to it <laughs> But speaking of, actually, this actually leads very nicely into the topic of today. So today we are talking all things gaining phases, growing muscles, growing the glutes, bulking, whatever you want to call it. That's what we're doing. And that's what I've currently been working towards as well. And actually, I was guessing towards the end of that phase. So for anyone listening who doesn't know what a bulking gaining phase is, do you want to just quickly run through what that is, please? Sure. So Effectively, you have three different types of phases um, in any given physique-based goal. So you've got your maintenance, which is where basically for most people, that's just everyday life. And it should be, to be honest. Uh, You obviously have your cutting or what I call dieting phases. And if anybody um, follows me and wonders why that is, I name them differently. It's just because I found that not so much anymore, but certainly like four or five years ago, cutting had a really negative connotation to it, whereby it was very much like, oh, I'm going on a cut to go on holiday or I'm going on a cut to do this. And it was very much like this kind of trigger word. Yeah. So I started calling it dieting because it's, I mean, dieting is everybody is dieting technically because it's just a term for kind of everyday food. But that's that. That's you know, the main focus of that is fat loss, uh, of course. And then you've got your bulking or gaining phases. Again, I renamed it not to try and reinvent the wheel, but just disassociate from that negative connotation, which I found was much more prevalent back then than it is now. Mm. Um, just to say, you know, we are gaining muscle. So that's the aim here. Um, and obviously the aim is to gain muscle. Um, obviously you're going to gain weight in the process. Um, and obviously that's what gives you your structure. Um, so they often say, you know, summer bodies are built in the winter, which in a sense is true. Um, if you can obviously get the dieting phase nailed at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is something that's so, so, so important. And I think quite a lot of people at the moment, it, it's kind of January now, new year, new me, it's time to go on a diet after Christmas, but that's actually, you don't have to, like people don't have to diet now. Um, And I think there's a lot of societal pressure towards people that they think they have to. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I I talk about this all the time. Um, I I think, you know, I will never understand the pressures that you guys feel um, because I'm I'm not female and and there's a lot less societal pressure that comes on males um, for their physical appearance. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, take last year, um, a really good example. I was, I can't remember what I was looking at, but like one of the celebrities came out it was like Chris Pratt or somebody like that. And they were like, oh, rocking a dad bod. And they made it sound like really glamorous, but they will execute any female um, celebrity for looking whatsoever normal, to be honest, like they will get executed because they no longer look how they looked when they were 15 or 20 or whatever. And so subconsciously the societal pressures that you guys feel, and this actually links perfectly into the conversation we're having today is that subconsciously whether, and and, you know, I can't talk for you, but I'd say this was mostly true. um, You guys will always feel like you're doing the wrong thing by trying to gain. It's almost like subconsciously you're going against the norms. Yeah. Obviously, um, we don't work in an office, but could you imagine, and, and you know, any females listening to this, if you work in an office, going into your office and going, guys, I'm gaining weight on purpose. <laughs> Everyone will be like, why the fuck are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That there would be so little support of you doing that because either people would decide to put their own opinions of your physique onto you and say, you look lovely, don't change. Like, and it's just like, well, I didn't really ask you for what you thought, just, you know, um, or they would be thinking, gosh, she could do with losing a pound. You know, <laughs> everyone has an opinion that's yeah. completely irrelevant to your needs at that point in time. Whereas being a male, it's far more like, 
maybe there's some societal pressure to have a bit of a six pack and look good on the beach. Like I certainly feel that as a coach sometimes. Mm. Um, But there's certainly not the societal pressure that you guys feel. So I find that when gaining with clients, that's the biggest thing to jump across. It's like, I somehow need to bridge the gap that social media, the media, maybe, and this is sometimes the most difficult one people's parents have put on them in the sense they're like, Oh, Oh, you're eating more or, Oh, you're doing this more or, and that, you know, whether you think, Oh, I don't really pay any attention to that, but soon enough you look back and go, yeah, actually that really had an effect for me. That that really kind of compounded how I was feeling about my own physique. So it made gaining much harder. And all of a sudden you think the only acceptable thing to do is then diet, especially when everyone else is dieting this time of year, all of a sudden you're like, well, am I doing the wrong thing? Like everyone in society is dieting in January. So maybe I should do that. And kind of coming back full circle to what I originally said in the, as a female subconsciously, you probably feel that society would prefer you being leaner, would prefer you being slimmer. And unfortunately, I think that's the truth. I think that as a nation, as a a Western world, we very much think more successful if we're, you know, thinner, we're more successful if we're taller, we're more successful if we look a certain way. And unfortunately, we think the complete opposite about people who don't look that way. Oh, they must be lazy. They don't work hard, blah, 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 blah. So it's not even like a positive to look a certain way. It's a complete negative to look the other way. So it's like people get caught in the middle and they're like, well, I don't want to gain too much weight. I don't want to look too thin. And it's, you know, I think I, I mean, I feel you can't. And, And I think that's why sometimes being a male in this uh, role who coaches females can be very helpful because I have a very much a third party perspective because I'm not subjected to these norms, but it can also be sometimes more complex because I don't feel those societal pressures and I don't necessarily go into, well, I don't go into offices at all, but if I lit, you know, went into an office where that culture was like rife, then maybe I would have a different perspective entirely. It's very difficult to know, but I think that it's certainly the biggest hurdle when it comes to gaining is, is the mindset part of it and, and trying to make people feel safe with it more than anything, I think. Yeah, I've definitely had, I wouldn't say problems, but I've definitely had situations where I've been eating. I then, typical me, complain about being full but then continue to eat because that's my goal and that's what I want to achieve. And obviously people around you go, well, if you're full, you should stop eating. Like you shouldn't push yourself. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I need to. I need to eat these calories. Yeah. And I think obviously people in the fitness industry understand to a certain extent, but um, people who aren't so in that world, they really just don't get it whatsoever. And that's where, things can get difficult if the people surrounding you don't believe and don't agree with what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think it would be fair to say um, that if you, it was the other way and they all knew that you were dieting, if you were going to eat for something else, do you think they would say to you, oh no, come on, your goal, remember your goal. Whereas okay. when you're gaining, it's very much like, what are you doing? Stop it. Just stop eating. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's, like, it's like my family, like, when I was trying to lose weight a few years ago, um my mum obviously she noticed that I'd lost weight and I was like really lean and she was like Claudia like you are eating aren't you and I was like yes I'm eating like mm. don't worry and then but then it's like when I'm trying to gain she's like Claudia you've gained you've gained a lot and I'm like yeah that's mm. the whole point right. like <laughs> I'm I've 
she's like oh your legs have got a lot bigger and I'm like yeah I know like I've done that on purpose (laughs) yeah and it's like yeah if I'm eating too little they notice it if I'm eating yeah more than normal they notice it and it's like you know yeah I do think women are under scrutiny a lot no matter what they do it's never gonna like we said earlier you just can't win I don't think yeah you can ever really win and do the right thing it's like bulking season if you cut during yeah. bulking season in inverted commas then it's like people are like oh why are you dieting now it's winter like it's hoodie season yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like you can, do, well, you can do what you want basically like there's no rule. yeah it yeah absolutely I, I think you know I, i'm a great believer in, in swimming with the tide so naturally if you've got someone who wants to diet and they're at the end of a gainy phase so Grace, for example, we're we're nearing that point now where we're starting to turn the ship, if you like. Yeah. Dieting in January is much easier because mostly people don't have enough money to go out. <laughs> mostly <laughs> people are too like run down from Christmas to go out. Okay. Um, and naturally, everyone else is kind of doing these things dry January. You know, so naturally what you can do is kind of sneak under the cover and be like, right, well, I'm going to diet now because it's much easier, less friction, okay. so on. Whereas like dieting in December is obviously far harder. And like, I encourage all my clients not to diet through Christmas because I believe the friction that will come with that is far too much. But hey, I dieted a load of my clients up to Christmas, like the week before, give them a week of maintenance just to recalibrate. And then obviously they're not like entering Christmas lunch thinking I'm going to demolish the whole stuff (laughs) myself Um, because that's not helpful either. Um, But yeah, I I totally, you know, I have so many conversations probably with my, my clients about this where people's unsolicited opinions start to guide them more than their own values do and you know i probably spoke to grace about this a lot in terms of what are your values you know what do you want and you know i often say to my my team you know never apologize for these things so some people say oh sorry i didn't do this or stop apologizing that you know that the biggest error that we're making in this world at the moment is everyone's apologizing for everything stop because you start to then ruin your own self-confidence because you don't believe that what you've done is right so grace for example if you weren't feeling great and you missed a session, he said, oh, by the way, I did four sessions last week. Didn't do my fifth session because it wasn't very well. End of story, full stop, leave it there. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Responsible. Good job. <laughs> Whereas if you start going, oh, I only managed four sessions last week. Sorry about that. I, I don't care. Like, I don't care that you did four sessions. If anything, I think, brilliant. Well done. Four's better than three. Mm. I care that you then apologize because then you're like, oh, I've done something wrong. And it's that whole thing. And it's the same thing with people's unsolicited opinions where because your self-esteem is already lowered potentially by some of the things that you believe about yourself or the things that you do, all of a sudden you're in a scenario where when somebody says to you, hey, your legs are looking bigger, instead of trying to hear that as like a, fuck yes, that's exactly what I was trying to achieve. And say, oh, thank you for your opinion. And they're like, no, I, I don't think it's good. Well, again, thank you for your opinion, but, you know, divert the conversation. But whereas if your self-esteem is already slightly lower, maybe because you are someone who apologizes for everything you do that's not even wrong, all of a sudden somebody says, oh, your legs are looking big. Oh, goodness me. I need to do something about this because clearly this is getting out of control. Where in reality, that was the whole aim, right? That's that's what you were trying to do. That's why we put so many squats in your program, your leg presses and all of that good stuff. So I think it, 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 it encompasses every part of life in order to drive you in the right direction. But that all comes from, you know, what do you really want? And is this for you or is this for somebody else? Because if it's for somebody else, then you might as well kiss this goodbye because it's going to end 
badly but if it's for you then fight for that because it's well worth it and you know i think you'll both agree that when you get a goal in mind and you push through that barrier to to where you want to be you get this huge like excitement for yourself and it's like shit i am worthwhile like this is great i feel great about this um versus like getting pushed from pillar to post by what everyone else is telling you to do and as i've already said that's far easier for me to say than it is for you guys to do but once you get that it's like okay i feel like i'm running my own life driving my own car now um versus kind of sitting in the passenger seat and getting kind of pinned by other people's opinions yeah i think with family members Mm. it's kind of hard because like you don't want to cause an argument and also with parents a lot of them don't understand yeah about the gym and they just think gym i go to the gym to do cardio and they don't understand yeah but also back back in their day that sounds so bad like it's (laughs) ages ago but you know what i mean um like their different their societal norms were so different to ours they were it was kind of like weird for a girl to have a bum like that would that used mm. to be um like yeah an yeah. insult to someone yeah. like saying oh your bum looks big in that whereas obviously now you go thanks like yeah Thank you so much. Like, yeah, <laughs> <my mom> yeah. <laughs> so i think everything like as society changes um yeah yeah they don't understand which is why i don't get angry i kind of just like it's like with protein shakes, my mum does not agree with protein shakes, but <laughs> I kind of, I'm like, okay, you know what? My mum doesn't understand. She obviously doesn't know the science behind it. So I'm just mm. going to, you know, move on from the conversation and yeah. not start this debate. Don't dwell on it. She's my mum at the end of the day. Like I don't want to <laughs> cause an argument, you know? You can't be disrespectful. Yeah, exactly. So what <laughs> are the benefits of gaining then? Oh, um do we want to go physical or mental or both both all of them cool so i think first and foremost i actually had this conversation with a client of mine um francesca um many people might know i coach her but she was telling me the day about how it's helped her massively mentally get over the need to diet because she was like this feels so freeing this feels like a complete transformation of like my beliefs so i think from a from a psychological perspective what you start to realize is that it's not just maintenance or diet it's i can gain and actually this has been really chill i've not just gone from let's just take a random figure a size eight to a size 12 in a matter of two days because i decided to eat a little bit more food it's that actually what i've done is i've started to eat a bit more food and maybe in the lengths of like six months you start hopping up sizes but naturally it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. So everybody has that kind of, oh God. And this is why I stopped calling it bulking because I it used to have this terrible thing where, um, I can't remember which one of you mentioned this, but like that winter bulking, it's like, right, let's get all the clothes on. Let's just eat randomly now because it's bulking season. Even though kind of looking at people thinking, you've not even thought this through. And quite frankly, what you're doing is just ridiculous, but or you move on. Um, so what I think is important is that if people try these gaining phases and do them well, and, you know, you don't have to do them full guns blazing. You know, you can literally go, right, I know what my maintenance is. I'm very happy here. I'm just going to add 100 calories to my day each day. And that can be a simple thing as eating a bit of chocolate. Boom. I mean, actually, five squares of like a dairy milk nut, which is lush, by the way, uh, <laughs> is like it's like 125 calories, like yeah. done. Eat five of those a day. And it's not even like it's going to impact your day at all. It's just a nice snack. Um Unless, of course, you eat like four or five of them like I tend to, then obviously it's a bit more of an issue. But the point being is that it, it's an easy thing to facilitate, right? And I think that it has a huge amount of benefits in like you actually then facilitate the physical, which is better training, 
better you know relationship with food potentially not only because you don't have to have this whole like hmm can i eat that can i not eat that it's like far more flexible um and of course you've got tons of physiological benefits to it you know more muscle uh you know better gym performance which leads to better psychological um factors heart health cardiovascular health all of these things come from better gym performance as well so there's a huge amount that, that can be done and especially if we're talking like elderly women as well huge amount of benefits in terms of uh, risk of osteoporosis menopause things like that and the benefits that can be seen there are huge um so you know it's not just a thing that i think benefits us guys in terms of uh hey look i look great kind of situation but actually as we get older health factors are really important um you know uh we are all working mostly from home at the moment which means people are bent over beds working or like sat on the floor so posture is going to go down the drain um i was talking to my osteopath actually she said she's been the busiest she's ever been because people are just not looking after themselves so if we can train and we're obviously going to help our posture muscular structures and things like that so the, the possibilities are endless uh, in terms of the benefits that you you can get yeah definitely and if there's anyone listening right now thinking is this for me what who would you say would be or what point would you be at where you'd say okay yeah this might be good a good thing for me to go into a gaining phase that's a really good question uh so one of the things i always say to people who ask me like oh i want to do a gaining phase you have to be very careful with how you word this because you can end someone's training process in a day if you say these things wrong but you don't want to start gaining if you already feel slightly uncomfortable so if you objectively look at a physique and you go okay i think that realistically you only probably have two months of gaining before you start to feel very uncomfortable with excess weight because you already are probably just above what i would say a good starting point for gaining then what ends up happening is you end up fighting that all the way, all the way. And then for the, for the yeah, end physique that they would like, you have to diet for a long period of time. And it makes this whole process just really quite painful mentally, physically, and tough. So choosing words wisely, I would say, hey, look, what I'd really love to do is I think starting with a quick diet phase would be really, really beneficial because it'll get you used to the training. It'll get us into the good groove with things. And then when we start you on your gaining phase, one, we'll have a much cleaner slate from which to build from because you'll be used to the training. You'll be used to the volume. You'll be used to how we work together. Um, but not just that, but because we've got you slightly leaner, we'll have loads more time to gain with you. And as we all know, gaining does take a long time. You know, yeah. if you look at the percentages of rate of gain, versus fat loss you're looking at most of the time double the rate so fat loss you could do in 12 weeks what would take you 24 weeks to put on for example so if you gained four kilos um it would take you half that time to get to sorry if you gained four kilos it would take you half the time to lose it because you can lose weight so much quicker and that's just because you know as i tend to uh, kind of use the analogy of building muscles a bit like building a house it takes planning takes time takes materials knocking one down just takes a lot of effort over some time. Um, it doesn't necessarily take the same amount of patience and skill and time. Um, it's just far easier process to lose fat than it is to gain muscle. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Um, what would you, what's your thoughts on like lean versus dirty bulking um, in inverted commas? <laughs> so I, I really don't like either term. Because I think that people use like, and I know a lot of people who use this that I work with, but 
I, I understand why people use it because I think what they're doing is saying you can stay relatively lean and gain. The thing I think that leads to is a false appreciation of what's going to happen. So what I like to do is make sure all my team understand what's about to happen. Hey, look, we're going to gain some fat. You're going to gain some water that's probably going to sit outside the muscles and diminish the lines you currently have. You're likely going to feel a bit puffier and you're likely going to feel a little bit uncomfortable at times in tighter clothes, like leggings, things like that, especially around the waistband. You know, these are things we can expect to feel. Now, when you say those things, often people are like, okay, that sounds horrific, but let's go. Whereas if you say, all right, we're going to be doing some lean gaining, um, all of a sudden they get all of the symptoms I've just said about. They're like, well, hang on a minute. You told me I was going to be staying lean all this time. Like what's happened? I've I've gained one kilo and all of a sudden I feel like I'm on a dirty bulk. So I find that term slightly misleading to the extent where I would just be like, look, we're going to be gaining some weight. That's what we're aiming to do. And these are the realities of what are going to happen. And if somebody turned around and said, okay, I don't want to do that, then I'm not going to make them. It just shows me that in being honest, they weren't ready to do that anyway. Whereas by saying we're going to go lean and do it, it's like, okay, well, you told me we would stay lean. I was like, "Mm, I didn't actually say that. It's just in the title, which kind of insinuates that we will. So I think it's a difficult term Mm. with dirty bulking i personally have some experience with that and i can tell you firsthand like i never struggled dieting i always struggled going from being lean to gaining and it's because i didn't like to see myself go through that phase and i I remember subconsciously looking back i remember subconsciously thinking well if i'm going to go from having abs and looking lean to not looking lean well, fuck it, I might as well just make that happen now because I don't want to slowly see it diminish over time. So I used to just go a little bit crazy, to be honest, and be like, yeah, I'm going to eat 4,000 calories a day. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) But the truth is I hadn't managed my own disordered eating pattern there of accepting the fact that I don't need to be lean all the time. And this was my whole thing on being a PT. Like, used to get loads of comments on it as well. Like, I remember a lady I worked with, (laughs) she actually said this to to another lady I worked with who happened to be a very good friend of mine. Um, and she said, how does he get so many clients when he's so overweight? Like, so oh yeah, God. I know. So she obviously told me this and I was like, oh, it's life. You know, I, it's what it is. I was obviously, I was upset by it because I thought, if you think that this is just based on the fact that I am overweight, like then you clearly don't see the value in what I'm doing. But, yeah. you know, it's that view, isn't it? Everyone thinks PT should be in shape kind of situation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think if you are doing the the kind of dirty bulking, I would kind of ask yourself, why is it because you don't have the patience? You don't want to see yourself go from lean to not lean. And it's kind of stressful because I tell you what, over the last year I've done uh, the slow method and it's amazing. It's so, so much better. It's, Mm. you know, you, your performance is like the key indicator, to be honest, just focus on that all the time. Watch your weight go up over time, be more flexible. I don't really feel like I'm gaining half the time. Other than sometimes when I've had a lot of volume in food, I can struggle a little bit, like just feeling a bit puffy and things like that. But um, yeah, I I think sitting in the middle is the better idea. Just, hey, accept that there's going to be some differences in your physique. There's going to be some water weight gained. There's going to be some fat gained. Have to accept that. Um, But hey, if you do this right, you're going to gain a shitload of muscle as well and you're going to look wicked. So yeah, yeah, that's without the, 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 the psychological factors as well. I think, a lot, well, with dirty bulking, I think some people kind of think of it as 
eat as much as you can. Yeah, they don't have, they don't, there's no thought process to it. Like McDonald's, KFC, they're just yeah. going to eat whatever they can as, and as much yeah. as they can. And they don't think about actually, you know, the yes. macros, protein, stuff like that. Yeah, what's going to fuel your body, why you're fueling it, all of that kind of thing. Because that's what I, I've seen when I've seen the term dirty bulking is people think of it yeah. as eat as much as you can. doesn't matter what it is. Just, yeah, just get it in. It. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I promise I wasn't going to get into a rant, but it's coming. Um, <laughs> no, we love it. Yeah. Bring it. <laughs> the thing that really annoys me, and, and, and this annoys me to no end because I understand what happens on the flip side of this, is when people dress up flexible dieting as this, so it's like, oh, it's if, if it fits your macros. No, 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 no. What you've done is you've dieted for a year and you're so hungry and you're so deprived of all the things you really enjoy that you've just gone, right. I've got a perfect reason to go and eat <laughs> McDonald's and uh, KFC twice every weekend. And you didn't need to do that. And, and so when people do that, I look at it and I just think, I feel a bit sorry for you. Like, I know what actually is going on there and it's not what you're telling everybody else. Yet to everyone on social media, they're like, oh my God, this person's eating like loads of burgers and like, they look amazing. It's like that photo was taken six weeks ago. That's not <laughs> actually how they're feeling right now. And second to that, if you see them in six weeks time, they will be dieting again. And like, I could name you four or five different influencers who do exactly that yeah. because they're so unhappy with themselves and their physique that they diet. Then they go, Hey, flexibility is really important. Eat all these amazing foods. And like, I'll sit there and be like, you'll be dieting again in four weeks time. I bet you. Cause I'll go, ah, oh, I'm having stomach issues or, ah, oh, this has happened. Ah, oh, this has happened. I'm like, no, none of this has happened. They're just excuses. You're pulling out of the hat because actually what you realized you did was diet too restrictively. You needed to then get out of that. So you told all your followers, you needed a better reason to do that to then start dieting again, because you never actually achieved what you were trying to achieve in the first place. And there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people following this person going, brilliant this is what i need to do i'm like fucking hell no 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 like this is just glorified eating disorder going on yeah and we should all be messaging them saying look is there anything i can do to help this doesn't really seem right oh by the way i don't recommend doing that it doesn't doesn't work but um it's sad and you know as much as i rant about these things i do it because i think i feel really sorry for this individual but more so they've misled hundreds of thousands of people who don't know any better yeah. to all of a sudden think cool, when I finish dieting, I'm going to go and slap a load of KFC. And then they get this thing where they're like, hey, I've got a client at the moment did exactly this. Um, and she's like, I don't understand why my, my gaining phase didn't work. I gained five kilos in the first two months. And she's quite slight. So we're talking like 10% body weight in a very short period of time. And I was like, okay, well, what did you do? So well, my last coach did X, Y, Z, like my weekends i was allowed loads more freedom and i was like so what they did is they basically dieted you to a point where sure you got a physique they got a wicked before and after photo but they then left you in a, pos a position where you were so hungry that you couldn't maintain that and it it just frustrates me because it perpetuates that you know dieting is still the cool thing but what happens after that doesn't matter but actually that is what matters because that's life what happens after that yeah. is life you know I, I don't mind if clients say to me like i want to diet for summer brilliant if that's what you want to do that will make you feel good when you go on holiday like let's do that but we do it my way so that you can maintain that and you know you feel good off the back end we don't just do it and then you leave because you've hit that goal because it doesn't end up well and i don't know i find that very frustrating sometimes so sorry for yeah. the little rant but 
you know. No, that's that's totally understandable. Yeah, yeah I completely good. agree with that. And I, the amount of times I will message Claudia with a rant about things that I've seen on social media and I'm like, it's so wrong. And I'm like, I want to say something. They've got so many followers and they're putting this out there. It, it makes me mad. It's, it's the danger of social media. Like, oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's far. I'm getting fired up just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear my heart rate coming through this yeah. microphone shortly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I obviously went through, so I, we started, can't English today. You started coaching me in April <laughs> of 2021. Um, and I have been on my gaining phase since then. So that's yep. a really, really long time. Um, of course, I know that having a coach is something I'm very privileged to be able to do to have. Um, and there are quite a lot of people who can't have a coach. Yeah. So for someone who can't have a coach and who can't have someone guide them through this process um what would you recommend like where would be a good starting point and what would be your tips I guess to for someone who can't afford a coach or can't get a coach and if they want to do it by themselves sure I'll give you this one in probably four points to keep it nice and snappy because I think people will really benefit from this one yeah the first one is map out a goal and and set that time frame that's the first thing you need to do so Roughly 0.25% of your body weight to 0.5% of your body weight. So let's just take ease of maths here. Let's take a 50 kilo person. Doesn't matter if you're male or female. Um, if you're 50 kilos, then it's probably more likely that you're going to be female. Um, let's say you take the 0.5%, right? That's going to be uh, 0.25 of a kilo. So a quarter of a kilo, basically, that you're going to be looking to... I'm questioning myself now, but that is right. Uh, <laughs> you're going to be looking to gain a week, okay? Then you could say, okay, well, right, look, I'm going to do that. If I hit that upper bracket, if I do that for 10 weeks straight, I will have gained two and a half kilos plus maybe a percent or two based on the fact that as you start eating more, you're going to gain some water, some carbohydrate. You're also going to have some undigested food. Um, undigested food definition would be like, if you were to step on the scales and I give you your lunch, you would automatically weigh heavy. You've not eaten it. So it's not fat or muscle, it's food. Um, and you've got to account for that because if you're going to be eating more, there's going to be more food in you basically so that'd be the first thing so you could say okay well that's two and a half kilos but really two and a half kilos for most people isn't going to make a huge difference so you could say okay well i'll push that 10 percent. i'll push 10 percent. how long would it take me to gain 10 percent of my body weight well if it's a, a 50 kilo person that would be 20 weeks okay we do our blocks in six weeks so you might say right i'll run four six week blocks um of my training so that's um five weeks of actual training, one week deload, five weeks training, deload, five weeks training, all the way to 24 weeks and we'll reassess. So at that point, you might've gained your five kilos. You might've gained less than that because don't forget, we took the upper bracket. So if you went somewhere in the middle of that, it's probably about three kilos, three to four kilos. On a 50 kilo person, you're probably seeing the difference there. Then you might say, okay, now I'll reassess. How am I looking? Well, yeah, I feel good. I'm actually going to go for another block. And then if you want to do a mini cut or you just want to sit there, absolutely fine. So that's the first thing, plan the time, because the time is what answers the, the, the second point, And that's accountability. The thing that goes wrong for most people who try and do this themselves is they don't trust themselves. So I have so many calls with people where they tell me what they're doing. And I'm like, this is exactly what we're going to do. Like you're doing the right job. And they're like, ah, I don't know. Mm, is it right though? I, I kind of look at myself and I think mm, that's not right you don't trust yourself to, to do those things. So set the time frame and trust yourself with the time frame. 
Okay, so trust is a huge one because you're going to do it right. It's very difficult actually to get it wrong. The third one is at the start, I, I would get like a book or I, I've got a journal, but you, you could put it on your phone, write down how you're feeling, like write all those things down. You're probably feeling pretty jacked up to focus on your training and, and to gain a bit of muscle, you know, put some junk in the trunk, whatever you want to call it. Um, you're probably feeling pretty excited about this journey because you're quite nervous and you're almost a bit like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, but hey, it could be funny. So here we go. Um, and you're probably feeling very much like, this could change me. So write all those things down because when shit hits the fan and you think I look like crap, I feel a bit like crap. Uh, and this is the wrong thing for me. Go look at that note, go look at that note and it will tell you exactly why you started. And then it's like, yeah, do you know what? I'm just having a bad day. And I know you did a, a podcast. What's he? Luke, I think. Luke, yeah. 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 About how we are negatively minded individuals. Right. Yeah. So we naturally, if we had six good days and one bad one, I guarantee you which day you two will end discussing if you meet up at the weekend. It won't be, oh, by the way, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was mint. You bet. Fucking Sunday. What a day. Let me tell you about it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's important that we recognize that in ourselves and almost have like what people would call a cookie jar of information or uh, um, a safe place where you go back to which is like that's why i began because then if you trust yourself for the process you can't you can't distrust yourself if you truly believe what you're doing and then you go back to remind yourself emotionally what you're doing with the words that you used so it's not like i wrote them for you you put those things down then automatically like, okay right i just need to go to bed or I, I need to you know reset tomorrow we'll do the same thing now with with eating the key is to just start slow so i always work in brackets so let's say you know what your maintenance is and it's 2000 calories start your gaining phase 2100 to 2200 that should be sufficient so you can do all the maths like i do for like our clients but really you don't need to worry about that you're splitting hairs is you know being accurate is great but if you're doing this yourself like don't worry about it just add a, add a couple hundred calories see how you do for some people they might just do that it's like after the first week they might lose weight don't worry, like it will level out or it might not. You've just actually expended more energy. Therefore, you need to add more. So add another hundred, see where that takes you. But again, so many people give up after that first week because it didn't go according to what X has said or what happened to Y on Instagram, or whatever. Like your body's so different. Like that's sweet. That's wicked. Because that means if they get ill, you're not going to. If we were all connected, we'd all be dead by now. So it's kind of important to remember those things. <laughs> um, uh, then of course, you have the adjustments which come where a lot of people are like okay now this is the best part when people are dieting i get so many emails okay my weight's stalled i'm like what i literally looked at your check-in yesterday and it hadn't They're like yeah, yeah yeah but i weighed the same as yesterday today i'm like no 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 no, no. that's not stalling <laughs> that's, that's fine They're like, are you sure and I'm like, yes thank you i'm sure um whereas when people are gaining I can come into people's check-ins. I'm like, hey, how come you have not told me your weight has like been the same all week? Why have you not mentioned this in the check-in? And that's because they're worried that I'm going to go, right, time to eat some more. Because some consciously, like we spoke about earlier, they're like, weighing more is probably not the best thing for me. Even though at the start, that's exactly what they were thinking. This is what I want to do. But maybe... Claudia, as you said, parents have started chiming in a little bit or friends have started going, oh, you used to look really good in that dress. And now hmm, it's like, all right, thanks so much. I really love you for that. Mm -hmm. um, so automatically that starts playing on your strings of like, mm, maybe this isn't great. But then, of course, you ask yourself, right, I will make the change because I decided 
I decided when I was in my best mind that I was going to push five kilos with 20 weeks. I'm in week 16. I now need to make a change to achieve that goal. And it's almost like you've got to put the blinkers on, just go for it. Now, training is the best part. When you diet, it's very easy to focus on your physique because it changes in a societally positive way. We start to get leaner. Lines start to come through. You look in the mirror, whack a dopamine. Oh, look at me. I look great. <laughs> um, nobody really ever appreciates that first time around when they look in the mirror and they're getting like, oh my God, my abs are gone. Rather than be like, oh, my glutes are looking so much thicker. Like last week when I stood here in the mirror, they were like on the edge of the mirror. Now, like they outside the mirror. Like, this is <laughs> um so like very rarely do we look at those things and like haha you know check me out um so it's difficult to look at things like progress photos and so on which is why we look at them far fewer far less regularly because actually i don't want you to focus on it and i know full well that you're less likely to see the changes so what i say is let's set some absolutely ridiculous goals and let's try and hit them all i want you to do is focus on your performance because if you're eating a bit more you're recovering well, you're sleeping and, you know, all those key things. If you're eating a bit more and you're weighing more, if your training goes from where it is now and you put 10% or 15% or however much percent on where you are now to where you're going to be, you will have gained muscle. Like you can argue with me about that till the cows come home, but it's true that there's no physiological way you can't have gained muscle unless you did some stupid exercise or I don't know, did some standing single leg bosu ball squats or whatever like yeah maybe not like but if you're doing a solid plan and you are progressively overloading you're eating a bit more you're gaining a bit of weight muscles getting put on so try not to think about the weight gain try not to think about your physique just go right i know the input for me here is training if i elicit that input the outcome will take care of itself like that doesn't matter for example the easiest way to say this is like if you are if you're revising for an exam right and you don't do any revision you rock up to the exam you rock up to that that output with nothing the output is created then by luck effectively what you might tick the box if it's right or wrong but if you revise wholeheartedly for everything like you've done everything you can like you can't control the output necessarily in the sense that sure you can control like what answers you know the answers to what questions you know the answers to but you can't in control the interpretation of an examiner or something like that so do all the work you can and that's in your training in the volumes you set and and like if you're confused about that like there are some really good programs like if you're confused and you maybe are on a budget at the moment there are some really great programs out there i would just try not to go for anyone who's offering you a program for free that maybe has an ulterior motive because they might not sell you the best program they might say something that's okay but get your heart rate up makes you feel good because it's a bit more hip based and all of a sudden you're like oh this is amazing i'll go with these people when in actual fact it would be better for you to do something that was more boring more staple get big and strong like you guys have and all of a sudden you're like okay this isn't like heart ratey or like hip based but shit like i look damn good i look brilliant <laughs> um but you will only get that if you put that work in to get to that point. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, like when I speak to my friends um, every so often, and they're like, and I'll, and they kind of come to me and they're like, okay, I'm doing this in the gym. Like, what do you think? Um, they'll like list off like 10, 15 exercises mm -hmm. sometimes. And I'm like, whoa, you're doing way <laughs> too much. Like, you need to stop. <laughs> And then I'm like, they're doing it for super low weight and like not, they're not really pushing themselves or they're chasing, 
they're chasing the pump and chasing the burn feeling mm-hmm. of like their glutes. And I'm like, no, no. Yeah. I'm like, we need to take a step back here. Let's let's reverse because we're doing too much of the wrong thing. And I think training is also, of course, the gaining aspect comes from the food that you're, you need to obviously eat more than you're yeah. expending. But also the training is so important as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I... <laughs> this is a difficult thing to say because it obviously isn't totally true but training is the most important thing here because if you take you guys for example if we didn't track grace if we didn't track your food at all and we just gave you a standard gym program and i said have at it go for it Mm. um but you trained solidly hard at that gym program even if it wasn't the best gym program in the world you gave it everything Mm. and claudia we said to you right we're going to focus really hard on getting you into a surplus, but we gave you the same program, but naturally you kept at like 60, 70%. You're working hard, sure, but like maybe off the gas, you know, I don't have to second guess who's going to get the better results here. You know, yeah. nutrition plays a huge role in it, but people vastly over egg that pudding because society always is putting nutrition everywhere it's so difficult to this it's a difficult to this or you know so and so did this diet so and so did this diet like i don't think i've ever seen a magazine where someone said so and so did three sets of eight to ten reps uh of this exercise for the last 25 weeks um because no one would pick that up but the problem is then that leads us to think that diet's always the most important thing Mm. and like there's gonna be loads of people listening to that going this guy's stupid because obviously if i'm not in a surplus i'm not gonna gain muscle i would agree with you but like if i had to choose one in this regard that people don't do well it's train hard um you know i i've no doubt about you know i give you some grief about going off program all the time and just kind of doing your own thing which is up to you <laughs> i just get it i just get it um but you, I, I, I don't ever have to doubt that if I see a form video from you, I, I don't really ever look at the RIR. I know it's going to yeah. be good. I know you're going to train hard. If anything, I look at like, could we optimize this in any way? Are we keeping these bits where they should be? Or, you know, yeah. could you be holding a dumbbell differently or, or, you know, and it's me being really picky. Like yeah, I am insane. super picky because mm. to be honest, you move exceptionally well, you lift really Thank heavy, you. <laughs> you know, you've got really good intensity. So they're things that never bother me. Mm. Um, but there are people I'm like, look, this isn't going to work if you don't start training a bit harder. Like what's holding you back? How are we going to do that? So yeah, yeah, training is is the be all and end all for me, to be honest, because, you know, if you kept someone at maintenance and you train them really hard, their body's going to change. If you kept someone in a surplus, but you didn't train them hard, their body's going to change. Sure. But it's not going to be muscle, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, yeah I would say. Your muscles and progressively yeah. overload. Like if you're sticking at the same weight every week then you're not like progressing in that sense like exactly and like people just chop and change their programs all the time and and like you said they try to shock their muscles by doing a different exercise here and there and it's just like no stick with basics stick with your compounds and you will win and as long as you're progressively overloading oh absolutely you know there's there's nothing more to it that as a coach as you guys will know like there's a a line to draw where you're like okay i want you to have fun as well like i'll change a few bits for you but mm. most of the time when i've done like two blocks or someone like right i want to move all my leg presses all my squats and i don't want to do hit thrust anymore i'm like shit um we're yeah. going to be struggling then if you're really looking to hammer your quads because i'm thinking well we've got lunges sure we've got some other squat variations yeah. but you know hypertrophy is very much like a video game in the way that the muscles grow so 
you know how when you play a video game you die like takes you back to a save point yeah. muscles are very much the same so if you do an exercise for six weeks that's just not going to be enough to solidify the progress made if you do it for 12 weeks now we're talking now if you manage to push that to 24 weeks you've probably getting to maxing out that um, exercise and what it can give you um, so don't be afraid to trade things out if they start to feel stale and some of us will be much better at certain movements so if you're tall you've got longer arms probably gonna be a lot better at like rdls deadlifts things like that if you're shorter shorter femurs probably gonna be much better at squats so you might be able to keep them in for longer um but for sure if you keep chopping and changing those you know if i give you yeah, I love an analogy, but if I give you uh, the drums, a clarinet and a recorder, and I said, right, can you learn one of those instruments each week, but you can't learn all three at the same time, you're never going to learn any of them. You're going to be the worst band in the world. <laughs> uh, whereas if uh, Claudia just had to learn the drums and she did that three times a week, she'd be the best drummer, you know, in no time. It's it's all about, you know, skill and application, not yeah. one or the other. And I think that's where people miss out. They're like, oh, it's way more fun when I did a different program each week. And I was like, yeah, but it's also a bit more boring when you weren't getting results. So, exactly. um, you know, you've got to pick and choose your win, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Um, so for anyone listening and if anyone's wondering, can you explain like how much of a calorie surplus you need to be in? Sure. Um, so... When you look at, this is something that not many people know, actually. So everyone says like, oh, 500 calorie deficit, but not many people actually know where that arbitrary figure comes from. Mm. And basically the way that it's generated is by saying, okay, well, we need 500 calories to lose a pound of fat a week, for example. But the way that's calculated is fat is obviously nine calories per gram. So if you did say 500 um grams not a pound because pounds a bit harder to mathematically work out but if you did 500 times nine that's actually 4500 so you'd be saying well hang on a minute do i therefore need a 4500 calorie deficit no because somewhere between 15 and 30 percent of fat is actually made up of water so if you eliminate that water you're then looking at you know 70 to 85 percent of that being fat so you'd say okay well 400 times nine four nines 18 36 3,600. That's getting us closer then to that 3,500 calorie deficit for the week, right? Yeah. Muscle is very different. So muscle you know, is far, 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 far higher percentage of tissue, far less percentage, um, sorry, far, far more percentage of water, sorry. So it's like 70 to 80% water, I believe. Huge amounts of water involved. So if you remove that and times that by nine, if you had 200 grams times that by um, four, sorry, because protein's four grams um per four calories per gram um it's far easier when you've got this written down um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very much a whiteboard person um so if you did 200 times four so 200 grams because that's how much muscle is left after you take the water out mm. and there's four calories per gram in protein you're looking at about 800 so you say well 800 calories is enough per week to put me in a muscular surplus to grow that amount of tissue so 200 grams a week say then you'd be saying okay split that up between the days it's about 115 uh, calories a day that is a very complex way of doing it okay so if you were doing this yourself you could just go okay that sounds great but i'm probably not going to work the maths out i'll just take a 100 to 200 calorie surplus which would for most people be sufficient so i don't do necessarily fancy things for myself um 
what I tend to do is for my clients, I tend to just double check it because obviously I know my weight so well, I can just mathematically figure that out. Yeah. Although I often use a pen and paper, as you can see, mentally it's a <laughs> bit more of a struggle. Um, so you would be just fine just saying, right, I'll start with 100 calories. I'll see how I do for a couple of weeks. If nothing changes, I'll add another 100 and then go like that. But patience is key in that respect because obviously it's more difficult when you keep changing it. Your body's like, okay, up, down, up, down, and you don't get any decent output from data. And that's really important to be able to accurately know if you're making a good change or not. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Um, so slightly changing the subject here. Um, yep. Something that all of us, and I'm sure people listening would have heard as well, is the concept of toning. Um, so I'm sure you've had lots of clients come to you. I've definitely had lots of clients come to myself saying, I really want to achieve the aesthetic of looking toned. So do you want to quickly run through what that is and um, how people can achieve this thing called toned, mm -hmm. please? Sure. I, I, do you know, I, I used to hate the word. I used to really detest the word toned because I think it was really misleading and it's no such thing as like toning a muscle. Yeah. Um, like people say, oh, I'm doing 15 to 20 of these because it tones. I'm thinking, <laughs> hmm, okay. <laughs> I don't remember learning about that in my degree, but crack on. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but why I have started to like it some more is that it's such a universally easy term. Mm. So like if somebody came to me and said, I really want to tone my muscles, I wouldn't be like, let me correct you on that because obviously you sound like an ass. Um, but what I would say is, look, that's totally cool. We can't actually do that through a form of exercise. Like there's, there's nothing we can really do that will create that. It's actually a process of losing fat and gaining muscle, yeah. um, which a lot of people will have you believe you can do at the same time. And if you're a beginner, sure. But if you're not, then it's a lot harder. Um, so actually what we need to decide is if we want to do this faster, then we need to do one or the other first. Like we need to either gain muscle or we need to lose some fat. And depending on their physique, current situation, et cetera, you, you can make that decision. But fundamentally, muscle tone is effectively less fat, more muscle. Um, unfortunately, it's the truth. Um, you know, the, the easiest way of kind of looking at this is if you have um, a bigger muscle tissue, so I'm going to be vain here, but say, for example, you take your bicep, right? And you look at like the fat that covers that. If I didn't have the muscle underneath the skin here, that it was just skin, it wouldn't, it, if I do that, there's like no tone, but the minute you make the muscle go up, then obviously, you know, you can see it. So it's a bit like putting a balloon underneath a t-shirt. The minute you pump that balloon up, the t-shirt looks nice and tight. You know, like, oh, cool. Uh, my t-shirt's got, you know, tone. Um, but if that balloon goes down, it just looks all soft and, you know, no tone at all. Okay. So it's about, Hey, how do I get that? For most people, actually just training really hard because what will happen is the blood will rush in the water will be there the muscles start to obviously accumulate um, a pump that will sit there throughout the week not just the day that you train but naturally um and then all of a sudden you're like oh cool like my muscles look more toned what you've actually done is you've probably maintained the level of fat but you've pumped up the muscle so automatically it disperses that skin layer which automatically makes it look so much more toned 
Um, and yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be said about how you would go about that based on where you are. Like if you're obviously a higher body fat percentage, that's not going to work. You're going to need to diet. But while you're dieting, you're going to be growing muscle if you're training well anyway. So that's bonus, wicked. Yeah. If you are on the th- on the, on the thinner side or, or very, very lean, um, but where you don't carry much muscle, so there's not a huge amount of muscle tone, because you are on the leaner side, you've got less um, uh, material, should we say, covering the muscle belly. So as soon as you pump up that muscle belly, all of a sudden you look jacked. Um, And obviously you're going to get some veins and so on. So um, yeah, it depends what situation you're in. But I think that as a universal term, I understand why people use it. It's just about trying to, you know, worm your way around it by like, yeah, we can't do that right now. Like we need to choose a way to to make it more efficient for you. Definitely. And the thing that you touched on as well was the training hard. Like that's been um, something that we've mentioned a lot throughout this podcast. Um, And I think it links back to what you said at the very, very beginning of how you said you prefer to call it a gaining phase rather than a bulking phase, because naturally you say to a woman in particular, okay, we're going to bulk or, okay, we're going to start lifting weights. And they go, oh my gosh, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to get bulky. And it's like, well, actually that's not how it works, is it? That's, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and again, it's choosing your language. You know, I, I always think that, uh, you know, I, I think about mindset a lot because I think it has the ability to make or break a process for anyone. And I personally would never like to be on the wrong end of that. And I have been as a coach, like, especially when I started, I was very much more scientific and a lot less empathetic. So I might have said something and I, I can think of a couple of occasions, like they've stuck with me where I've said things to people. And I'm like, I wish I'd never said that because that person probably felt really terrible that I'd said that. Um, all I was doing was telling them the scientific side of what was going on, but I didn't think about the impact that I might have had on that individual back then. And I think that's what kind of pushed that. What word should I be using? Like, how can I make these people feel great about what they're doing? Like, how can I make them feel better about what they're doing? Um, and yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I, I decided to use a different terminology then. I thought, right, well, look, we're trying to gain muscle. Let's just call it that. Let's just say we are gaining muscle. Like, that's what we're going to be doing. Um, and then when people say, oh, like bulking, I understand exactly, again, why people use that terminology. I think it makes perfect sense. But at the same time, gaining muscle, I think, sounds more positive. And it's a little bit less away from that, like, dirty bulk kind of terminology that we were talking about earlier. So if we can try and fashion a new and exciting way of doing this where people are like, I'm gaining muscle, all of a sudden, like, sure, there's going to be some assholes who are like, oh, women shouldn't be doing that, but they can drown. Um, <laughs> and, sorry, I don't, I, I don't mean to incite hate. <laughs> um, but <laughs> No, it's brilliant. They can. It's fine. We can say it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Hopefully someone will laugh out of that. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, if, if you can be the support mechanism for the individual who's trying to achieve their goal, and if they've come to you and they've, they've, they've obviously worked through that process where they're like, I want to do this for me. Like I want to look thick. I'm going to try and develop this body. And for a lot of people, gaining isn't the end of the road. Gaining is a means to an end because they know they want a bigger butt or they want bigger legs or, or whatever, want to be stronger. So it's a means to an end in the way they're like, right. I'm willing to push myself through this phase so I can get to the other side of that phase so I can diet again and then hold that physique because that's how I want to look. Um, so as a coach or even as a friend or a family member, if you're listening to this, like remember, and, and this is true of actually everything, 
it's not your goal. Like it's theirs. Like if sure, if they're going to go around and be like, I'm going to go rob a bank. Like I'm not saying join them, but if they want to do something for them, let them do it. Like, and in regards to people who are struggling with things that family members are saying, this is a really difficult thing to do, but I always find it really hard, really hard, but beneficial to try and put yourself in their shoes. So like, um, Claudia, you mentioned about your mum mentioning about each time something had happened. I'm not saying that this is true. So please don't take this as gospel, but say for example, when she was younger, um, she maybe wanted to do the same thing. And somebody had made these comments at her and she's thinking, I really don't want my daughter going through that. Like it's not worth it. And all of a sudden she sends you, look, don't, don't, don't gain too much. And you're like, fucking hell, like I can do what I want, but you don't know what that person is thinking. And most of the time that person is probably trying to do what's best for you. If they're close and they love you, if they're just an ass and they're a friend who gets jealous because you could squat more than they can, then carry on and eat your pizza in front of them. But, um, (laughs) um, but I think it's, it helps to sometimes be like, actually, I can see why you think that kind of feel sorry for you a little bit, because maybe you wanted to do what I'm doing now and you can't, or like where you have friends who are like, oh my God, like, do you think lifting is manly? What they might actually be saying to you is, I think that that it is. So I'm scared of lifting myself. So they've asked you that question and you might get really insulted and be like, oh no, like you're stupid, blah, blah, blah. But actually what they've said is, They've just voiced their insecurity to you because yeah. their opinion is that I think lifting is manly. So I, I'm staying away from it, but you're doing it and it looks great. So I'm going to ask you what you think. But instead of saying, by the way, guys, I think you both look awesome. Uh, how do I get involved? Do I, do I, you know, how do I get into the gym? They go fire out with their insecurity of like, do you guys yeah. think lifting is manly? And automatically, I'm not saying you would, but you guys get insulted and they go, Obviously it is because they got insulted by it. So I was right. <laughs> when actually what they're trying to do is just seek out if that insecurity they had is valid. And if you say, no, I actually don't think it's valid. I don't think it's manly at all. I think I can understand why you would say that because it looks scary and there's always loads of blokes in the, like, the lifting area. But yeah. truth is they're just as soft as we are. They actually just are in there maybe for their own mental health or because yeah. who knows, they want a bigger butt. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and so we're all actually in there for our own reasons. We're all in there to try and better ourselves it just comes across as that because lots of men do it, but Hey, we can take up that space. We can, we can go in there. We have as much right as anyone else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and but it's also the word yeah. bulk because you know, all these captions like um, lifting weights doesn't make you bulky or whatever. Mm. But then obviously there's the word bulking. So people, I guess they put it together, put it together and be like, Oh, negative. actually it's a good thing like yeah yeah that's exactly why i changed it for me and the guys and girls i work with because i just i knew that that was the connotation because it was how i was feeling i was always like hey i'm bulky now (laughs) (laughs) when deep down inside i was like i hate myself because i actually was really happy with how i looked but i didn't want that middle phase so i just screw it i'll eat six thousand calories and hope for the best yeah so you know, I, I think that again, it's that scenario where, like, if we can, if we're going to use the term bulking, like, it's removing that bulkiness is a bad thing because yeah, the connotation is that it is a bad thing. Like um, exactly. Right. I was talking on my story earlier this week, actually, about how uh, I was might have been last week how I started wearing a hoodie to the gym as I returned after not being able to train for most of December because I felt uncomfortable and I didn't want to go to the gym where I knew I was going to be weaker. I knew I was going to look a bit softer 
and then have the mirrors everywhere I went remind me that things weren't the way that they were before Christmas. I didn't need that because what I didn't want to reinforce was that little voice in the back of my mind going, you probably should diet. You've gained a bit of weight and you don't look like you did. So maybe you should diet. And again, like I was being totally honest in that there's this thing where for some dumb reason, as a society, we see gaining weight as a terrible thing, Mm. you know? Oh, I gained five pounds. I am an awful human being. Like, no, you're not. Like you're the same person in just a different body. And the more we try and remove those stigmas. So like when people say, oh, I don't want to look bulky, it's like trying to educate what is bulky. And if by your definition, you did look bulky, what changes for you? Like what part of you thinks that's an unacceptable way to live? And then they, you know, I've had back and forth to this with loads of people. They're like, oh, you know, it's just, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm, okay. But why? And they're like, yeah, just, I don't want to look that way. Okay. But why? And it's like a tough conversation, but what you get down to is, you know, my last boyfriend said I looked terrible in a dress because my thighs were so big. And like, I've had so many sad conversations with clients about that. I'm like, okay, well now I really do understand why you don't want to, you know, either do too many squats or things like that. And it's like, okay, how can I help you undo the thing that that individual had said? Because is that how you feel about yourself? And the lady I'm thinking about replied saying, hell no, like I want bigger legs. But that's a huge part of me. It tells me I won't find another boyfriend if I have that. And it's like, hey, look, you know, you'll find a person that likes you the most in the place you like being. Because, you know, if you're looking for someone who's into fitness, you're not going to find them in a nightclub. Likewise, (laughs) if you're looking for someone who likes partying, you're probably not going to find them in the gym at 6 a.m. So, you know, I think that's an important thing to remember for sure. Yeah, 100%. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's hey, you're been, welcome. It's been incredible. And yeah, it's just been so nice. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Uh, um, you're welcome. It's been good fun. I obviously can say that Xander is an incredible coach. Um, you should all go get coached by him. Uh, if <laughs> anyone listening wants to find out more about you or yeah, find your platform, where can they go? Sure. So we... Um... I mostly work out of Instagram, to be honest, at the moment. I did do a bit of podcasting a while back, but I paused that. But if you, I'm, uh, I think you tagged me actually. So yeah. um, you can find me, which is um, at Xander underscore JLX, or you can just type in JLX. I think it's underscore coaching. I can't remember if it's underscore coaching we, or coaching we can, underscore. We can put it in the end. Probably yeah, should we'll know that, shouldn't note. I? <laughs> <laughs> What's your tag? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and likewise, like you can contact me through there. And, um, you know, if anybody has any questions or points, like far away, I'm happy to help if I can. Yeah, Great. amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome, you're welcome.